The character of Confirmation gives us the power to be soldiers in Christ's army, fighting with him against the enemies of the faith. We do not fight against persons, but for them, as an army of liberation to free them from the enemies of their soul. This is lesson number 25, the Sacrament of Confirmation. Hello everybody, I want to welcome you back to another lesson of All About My Catholic Faith. Hey, if this is the first time that you've joined the podcast, then I really want to thank you and welcome you. And if you've been here before, then also a very big thank you. If you need to go back and review some of the previous lessons, you can do that easily by looking in the archives where you get your podcast, or you can go to our website, allaboutmycatholicfaith.com, and there you'll find all the past episodes and lessons for this catechism series. I'm so thankful to be joined again by my son, Christopher, this week. So, how you doing, Christopher? I'm doing good. Thanks. How are you? Well, I'm doing very good, too, and I'm happy to have you with me again today. I'm happy to be here with you, too. Last week, we started the series on the sacraments by talking about baptism. And remember, baptism is the gateway to all the other sacraments of the Church. In order to receive any of the other sacraments, you must first receive the sacrament of baptism. If you remember from last week's lesson... In baptism, we are born again of water and of the Holy Spirit. This week, we're going to talk about confirmation. At confirmation, the Holy Spirit gives us power to grow from our infancy to adulthood in the life of grace in the church, and it gives us the strength of a soldier to fight for Jesus Christ. That was a great lesson last week on baptism, and I really learned a lot, so I'm looking forward to this week's lesson on confirmation. Hey! Did you pick a winner for the book giveaway? Yes, I did pick a winner, and I will announce that winner a little bit later in the episode, so everybody keep listening to find out if you're the winner of Trent Horn's book, Why We're Catholic. And before we get started, I'd like to give you a few questions for you to think about as we go through the lesson, all right? So the first question is, what does the Holy Spirit do in our soul at Confirmation? How does this differ from what he does in baptism? What two ceremonies of confirmation reminds us that we have to bear crosses? How do we fight in the army of Christ? And the last question to think about is, should we argue with non-Catholics about the faith? If you keep listening to this lesson, I'll do my very best to answer those questions. And of course, Christopher, if you have any other questions for me during the lesson, then feel free to ask away, all right? All right, I will. I'd like to read a little from the Holy Bible. And this first reading is going to be from St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, verses 1 through 20. And it's going to talk about when Jesus sent out 72 disciples to teach and talk about the faith. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others whom he sent ahead of him in pairs to every town and place he intended to visit. He said to them, The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. Go on your way. Behold, I am sending you like lambs among wolves. Carry no money bag, no sack, no sandals, and greet no one along the way. Into whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this household. If a peaceful person lives there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Stay in the same house and eat and drink what is offered to you, for the laborer deserves his payment. Do not move about from one house to another. 
whatever town you enter and they welcome you, eat what is set before you, cure the sick in it, and say to them, the kingdom of God is at hand for you. Whatever town you enter and they do not receive you, go out into the streets and say, the dust of your town that clings to our feet, even that we shake off against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God is at hand. I tell you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom on that day than for that town. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty deeds done in your midst had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would long ago have repented, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And as for you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You will go down to the netherworld. Whoever listens to you, listens to me. Whoever rejects you, rejects me. And whoever rejects me, rejects the one who sent me. The 72 returned rejoicing and said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us because of your name. Jesus said, I have observed Satan fall like lightning from the sky. Behold, I have given you the power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and upon the full force of the enemy, and nothing will harm you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice because the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And that's a great reading. And one thing I pulled out of it was when Jesus told his disciples that they would be like lambs among the wolves. You know, when we grow into adulthood in the church, we often may feel like we're also lambs among wolves, with people always attacking us for our faith and also attacking the Catholic Church. Unfortunately, but you know, it's understandable, I guess, the Catholic Church is one of the most discriminated against groups in the entire world. And I believe, and I really know that the reason why that is, is because the Catholic Church holds the truth to pure happiness and there are many people out there who just don't want to accept the truth in the way that Jesus taught and what the Catholic Church has taught for 2,000 years and continues to teach today. We're all called by our baptism to be holy children of God, and confirmation is the sacrament when the Holy Spirit will come into us in a special way and will enable us to profess our faith as strong and holy Christians and soldiers of Christ. In this world, we need to be like soldiers because, again, it's only a matter of time before someone will confront you about your Catholic beliefs. It may not happen today, it may not happen tomorrow, but you can count on this. One day, someone's going to confront you about your faith, and you have to be ready. One of the most important things for you to do is to always love God as a soldier loves his country and for you to be equipped to go into the world to spread your faith, to fight for the church, and if needed, die for Christ. If you remember in last week's lesson about baptism, we talked about the baptism of blood. And recall, that's when someone has died of martyrdom. And dying of martyrdom means that they stood up for the faith and for Jesus, even when it costs them their life. There are many great examples of martyrs throughout history who have refused to give in to the pressures of the world, and they have stood fast for their faith in Jesus and his church, the Catholic Church. 
I hope that you'll never be called to be a martyr, but as you'll see, as we go through the lesson, confirmation will give you that extra power to suffer and even die for the church and for Jesus if you're ever called to do that. How do you get confirmed into the Catholic Church? After you are baptized, remember, for most Catholics, that's done right after birth, then you'll continue to go through your life learning about the faith, going to Mass with your parents and learning from your parents and from the priest, and perhaps even going to catechism classes. And after you reach at least the age of seven, but sometimes it can be when you're older, even into high school or beyond, a person in the western part of the Catholic Church can then receive the sacrament of confirmation. If you were baptized as an infant, remember that your parents spoke up and had you baptized so that you could become a child of God and so that you could have original sin washed away from your soul. After you've learned about the faith, then there will come a time when you will want to stand up for yourself and say, yes, I want to be a follower of Jesus and I want to continue to learn and spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the Catholic Church. When that time comes, again, usually sometime after you're seven years old or even up to the time you're in high school, then it's time for you to receive the sacrament of confirmation. You may have to take a short series of classes to prepare for confirmation, and that's all right because that'll get you even better prepared and help you to really determine that this is what you really want. Once those classes are complete, then you'll be ready to be confirmed in the Catholic Church. All those who have been preparing for confirmation will usually go to the cathedral in the diocese, but sometimes it'll happen in your local parish, and the bishop of the diocese will be there and will actually administer the sacrament of confirmation to all those who are there to receive it. The bishop? That's cool. I know. The bishop that confirmed me actually became a cardinal in the church a few years after my confirmation. Pentecost is the day that the church started, and that's when the Holy Spirit came down upon the apostles and gave them strength and courage to go into the world to be teachers and followers of Jesus. In a similar way, at confirmation, the bishop will extend his hands over all those who are to be confirmed, and he'll say a prayer that all those will receive the Holy Spirit, just like those apostles did during Pentecost. He will then lay his hands on the head of each of the persons who are there to be confirmed, and then he'll also anoint the forehead in the form of a cross with holy chrism. While the bishop's anointing the person, he'll say, I sign you with the sign of the cross, and I confirm you with the chrism of salvation in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. At that point, you've received the sacrament of confirmation. Now, in order for the sacrament to be fully active when you receive the sacrament of confirmation, you must be in a state of grace which again means that you don't have any mortal sins on your soul. It's also a very good idea to not have any venial sins on your soul at the time of confirmation as well. So because of this, during your final preparations for confirmation, just as when you prepared for your first Holy Communion, you'll go to confession. So assuming that you went to confession and you confessed all the sins that you recalled, and then you received the anointing at confirmation, then you are now confirmed, and you are now a soldier of Christ, and you will now have that extra gift of the Holy Spirit in your life. Let's have a quick reading from the Bible, and this is going to be from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. 
This is when Peter and Paul went to Samaria to actually confirm those people who were in Samaria who were believers of Jesus, but who had not yet had the special gift of the Holy Spirit come upon them. Now, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent them Peter and John, who went down and prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For it had not yet fallen upon any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So a question before we continue. What is the Holy Chrism, and where does it come from? Well, this Holy Chrism is actually a mixture of olive oil and balm that was blessed by the bishop on Holy Thursday. Holy Thursday is the Thursday that's right before Easter Sunday. The bishop will bless this special oil on Holy Thursday, and then this oil will be available for the special anointing during confirmation and for other things throughout the year. You know, in the ancient days, athletes, before they would go into a big competition, would sometimes use oil. They'd spread it on their body to anoint their bodies and in order to help limber up their muscles and prepare them for the competition they were getting ready for. The oil that's used in the sacraments, including confirmation, doesn't limber up your muscles, but instead symbolizes strengthening of your soul. I mentioned it briefly when I was talking about how the bishop confirms you, but remember that the bishop will actually trace a cross on your forehead with the anointed oil. What's that for? The anointing in the form of the cross is because the strength that we receive during confirmation is the extra strength from the Holy Spirit to bear our crosses for the love of God. Similar to if you went to Ash Wednesday Mass a couple days ago, the priest or deacon traces ashes on your forehead in the sign of a cross. You know, we all have to be ready and willing to take up our cross and follow Jesus and even to die for him if that's what we're called to do. You know, Jesus told us in the Bible that we must be ready to take up our cross and follow him. Every time someone's confirmed, another person is added to the army of Jesus. And we are all carrying our crosses behind Jesus. So you can picture it like this, that Jesus is the lead carrying his cross. His mother Mary is right there behind him. And then St. Peter, who was our first pope, is then followed by all the other popes in history, all the priests, and then all the nuns and deacons. And then, of course, your own family members, your father and your mother and your brothers and sisters. And then finally, there you are carrying your cross because now you have received the great and wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit at confirmation. I heard that the bishop will hit you in the face when you're in front of him during confirmation. Is that true? That's not exactly true today, but the bishop used to give each person that is confirmed just a slight blow on the cheek. And this was a good thing because it reminded the person that he must be ready to suffer everything, even death, for the sake of Jesus. And, you know, this little tap on the cheek was nothing in comparison to what a person may have to go through when they are confronted and have to defend Jesus and his church. Things like that sometimes do change in the church, but I think it would be great if we went back to the old way. Today, the bishop will just shake your hand and give you a wish of peace. It's not really the same as it used to be, but that's all right. The sacrament of confirmation is still the same and has the same benefits. I'm certainly not here to scare anyone about what you may be faced with as you grow older and need to defend your faith, but it's sadly a fact of life, and we must all be prepared for that. You should continue, after you've been confirmed, to study the Catholic faith and 
Learn all that you can about Jesus and the Catholic Church. You should learn all you can about the Catholic Church, not only for yourself, but so that you can help others. You know, a Catholic who never tries to work for the conversion of non-Catholics or to help bad Catholics back to the sacraments is the same as a soldier who lets the enemy win the battle even without putting up a fight. And I know what you're thinking. You may think that fighting is a bad thing. And, you know, most of the time it probably is, but it's not always a bad thing. So, you know, for example, if you see your sister being harassed by a bully and then you basically ignore it and run away, then you've not really fought for your sister. You should, of course, instead fight for your sister because you don't want anything bad to happen to your sister, even if it means that you put yourself in danger. And likewise, if you see a baby has fallen into a swimming pool and is likely to drown, then again, you don't just want to walk away and turn and run away from that fight. No, you engage in the fight. You jump in the water and you do your best to save that child, even if it means that you endanger your own safety by doing that. Christopher, in our last lesson, I remember that you asked me about whether I went to confession because I delayed getting baptized until you were seven. And I told you that was a very personal question. But since you're a follower of Jesus, you should never be afraid to confront someone or ask someone out of pure love for them about their sinful ways. And you should do this not to condemn a person, but again, because if you truly love that person, then you'll want what is truly best for him or her and that he or she will make it to heaven. In order for a person to make it to heaven, they have to be part of the Catholic Church, and they have to be an active participant in receiving the sacraments on a regular basis. If you know someone who's not Catholic, or who is what we call a fallen away Catholic, or a cafeteria Catholic, then it's your responsibility, just like it's my responsibility, to help them back to the sacraments so that they'll be able to make it to heaven one day. It's not doing them any good at all if you turn away and ignore their sinful lifestyle. Again, you don't want to just turn away and let your sister be harassed by the bully, and you don't want the baby to drown. So also, you don't want those who are not living their full Catholic life to drown in sin or to be harassed by the devil. You can't very well explain the faith unless you know it well yourself. So every opportunity that you have you should try to learn something new about your Catholic faith. And you can do that in a number of ways. You can take classes. You can learn online. You can go to the Internet, you know. There's um, wonderful places these days on the Internet. You can go to places like Catholic.com and learn all kinds of things about the Catholic faith. And I said in an earlier lesson, you can also listen to Catholic radio, such as Relevant Radio. And there you can hear people who are struggling with their faith or who are strong in their faith and who are all trying to learn more about their faith. And you can hear all those people being taught by some of the greatest Catholic minds in the country. As you continue to learn more and more about your faith, you'll of course help yourself, but you will also be able to help those around you learn more about the faith. You know, many non-Catholics actually inquire and actually join the Catholic faith because of people like you who have learned their faith and live their faith in a strong way every day. You know, wouldn't it be great one day if in heaven, someone came up to you and tapped you on the shoulder and said, Hey, one day I was watching you and hearing you talk about and living your faith, and I decided to become Catholic at that point, and now I'm here in heaven with you. So I just want to give you a great big hug and a giant thank you for living your faith in such a great way that inspired me 
to become a better person myself. Yeah, I guess that would be pretty cool. I know when we're baptized, we receive sanctifying grace. So when we're confirmed, do we get anything new and special? Well, yes, indeed. I'm glad you asked. Confirmation increases the sanctifying grace that you receive during baptism. And it also gives you special sacramental grace and puts an imprint on your soul that's called a character. And this character will last forever. You may remember from a couple lessons ago when we did the introduction to the sacraments that the sacramental grace at baptism will help you to live as a child of God and make it easier for you to believe in God and act accordingly. You'll also get help not to commit evil or sin. And the sacramental grace at confirmation will give you strength to profess your faith even when it's difficult and during times of persecution. And will also help you to live a good life to lead by example for your friends, family, and everybody that you see. I know that you've told me many times that we need to be baptized in order to become a child of God and make it to heaven. Is that the same for confirmation? You don't technically have to receive the sacrament of confirmation in order to make it to heaven. But I hope that you can see that the extra power and strength that you receive from the Holy Spirit during confirmation will be a great and tremendous help for you. It wouldn't just be a help for you, but it will also be a help to all those around you as you live out your Catholic faith in a stronger and a more faithful way. I must say, though, that even though not being confirmed would not be considered a mortal sin, if you refuse or neglect deliberately to not get confirmed, then this would actually be a venial sin. In the questions you gave us at the beginning, you asked if we should argue with non-Catholics about the faith. Should we? I don't think it's a great idea to argue vehemently about your faith, but I do believe that it's a great thing to be open and willing to talk to others about your faith and their faith or lack of it. You know, most of the time, the people who have bad thoughts or bad feelings about the Catholic Church is because they just don't know what the Catholic Church really teaches. So if someone wants to badmouth your faith or the Catholic Church, then what I would do is to listen to them, see what they had to say, and then calmly and in a loving manner Tell them the real truth about the Catholic Church. That's why it's important for you to continue to learn about your faith so that you'll be equipped to answer those kinds of questions from anyone who asks. If you don't know the answer right away, then that's all right, of course, because you're not expected to know everything. Nobody knows everything except God. The great thing is, though, that you can tell that person that you really don't know the answer, but you'll find out and get back to them. I think most of the time a person would be perfectly okay with that, and would then welcome you back to talk about that question at a later time. Then you can ask your parents, you can ask a priest, you can go to our website allaboutmycatholicfaith.com and listen to the podcast series about the faith, or you can go to Catholic Answers, which is at catholic.com. You can listen to Catholic Radio, you can watch EWTN. There's a lot of different ways that you can try to find out the answers to the questions that you might have or that someone else has so that you're better able to go back to those persons and answer their questions or concerns or their arguments about the faith. You know, this person may be a complete stranger, and they may even be your enemy. But remember, Jesus taught us and told us that we should pray for and love our enemies. And not only our enemies, but the enemies of Jesus and his church. So prepare yourself with all the knowledge that you can. Read the Bible every day. Read the Catechism. Go to Mass. Pray the daily rosary, go to confession often, and make sure you stay in a state of grace. 
Show others that you love them in the way that you act and talk and truly live out your Catholic Christian faith every single day. I would also suggest that you try to stay away from the true enemies of the church and also not read books or view things on the internet that are opposed to the church and her teachings. Since the Catholic Church is the true church, the church that Jesus Christ started and is still here 2,000 years later, then you really shouldn't participate actively in a non-Catholic Christian form of worship. If you do that, you may run the risk and you may actually commit one of many sins. Those sins are called apostasy, heresy, and indifferentism. Apostasy means that you completely leave the Catholic Church to start practicing and professing a non-Christian religion or turning away from Jesus altogether and not practicing the Christian faith at all. The sin of heresy is a deliberate denial by you of one or more of the truths of the faith. Indifferentism is the belief that one religion is just as good as another. Remember, nothing is as good as the one holy Catholic and apostolic church that Jesus Christ started. You know, Jesus didn't tell Peter that you are Peter and upon this rock I will build my many churches. Remember, he told Peter that he was here to start his church. That meant his one church, the holy Catholic church. Each of the sins of apostasy, heresy, and indifferentism really, really, truly hurt God very deeply. Apostasy and heresy really show refusal to believe what God has taught us, and again, indifferentism would put the mystical body of Christ on the same level as any other religions, or even false religions, or let's say religions of the world, which means putting money, fame, and fortune above God. Instead of having another reading from the Bible right now, I'd like you to write down a little homework assignment. And I want you to go to the Holy Bible and then go to the Acts of the Apostles and read chapter 2. Yeah, the whole chapter. It's not that long. And there you can learn a little bit more about what we've been talking about today. And then after that, read chapter 4 in 1 Peter, which will teach you how to better live out your faith in a loving Christian way. I hope you've learned a little bit more about the Sacrament of Confirmation today. Yes, I did, but I'm wondering if you forgot to announce the winner of the book giveaway. (laughs) I'm glad you reminded me. I was so excited about talking about confirmation that perhaps I did forget. So thanks again for reminding me. No problem. So who's the winner? So the winner of our first book giveaway, Trent Horn's book, Why We're Catholic, is Sean Campbell. So Sean, I hope you're listening, and congratulations, and thanks for entering for your chance to win Trent Horn's book. I think you're really going to enjoy it, and hopefully you'll be able to pass it along to someone else to help them learn a little bit more about the Catholic faith after you read it. So, Sean, I'll send you an email to let you know that you are the winner, and at that point, I'll be able to get your mailing information so I can get the book out to you as soon as possible. Thanks also to everyone who entered, and everybody keep listening, and we'll have other opportunities to win other books and other items, so keep listening, and sharing this podcast, and our website, allaboutmycatholicfaith.com. You know, our website has a lot of links on there for things that we've been talking about, such as Catholic Radio and EWTN, Catholic Answers, and a few other very helpful websites that will help you to continue to learn your faith so that you can be a better soldier of Christ as you continue through your life. As a reminder, if you're Catholic, remember that we are in Lent now, which is six weeks leading up to Easter. This podcast is coming out on Friday, March 8th, which is the first Friday of Lent. 
Remember, all Fridays of Lent are days of abstinence. And that means that if you're a baptized Catholic over the age of 14 and in good health, then you should abstain, which means not to eat meat on Fridays during Lent. It's also a great idea on Fridays to do something extra for Jesus. Perhaps reading a little extra from the Bible, learning a little bit more about your faith, talking to someone else about your faith, or praying for someone or even helping someone else learn more about the Catholic faith. I hope you have a really great and holy Lenten season. Remember to go to Mass this Sunday and every Sunday. And of course, during Lent, it's a great idea if you can go to Mass even more often, even every day if you can. That's what I'm going to try to do. As I said before, I really hope that you're learning more about your faith by listening to this podcast series. And remember to share this podcast series with those people who you know who are looking for more answers about the Catholic faith, even if they're not Catholic. You know, what will it hurt to say to them, I know this great podcast that will be able to teach you the truth of the Catholic faith in a very loving and non-confrontational way. I would really appreciate if you would tell people about the podcast, and hopefully this will help them as much as it's hopefully helping you. And if you have any questions or comments, or even more importantly, any prayer requests, then please go to our website, allaboutmycatholicfaith.com, and in the right-hand column, you'll see the area where you can put your comment or question or your prayer request. And I read all the messages, and I promise that I'll respond back to you as soon as possible. And if you have a prayer request for any reason at all, I will most certainly take your prayers with me to Mass and also when I pray my daily rosary. You know, speaking of the rosary, I want to tell you how important and how great praying the rosary is. Although the rosary looks just like a series of beads and a crucifix and looks harmless, it's actually the greatest weapon that you have to defend your soul against the enemies of the church, most importantly, Satan himself. You know, he hates Mary and he hates the rosary. So when you pray the rosary and you meditate upon the wonderful mysteries of the life of Jesus, you are providing yourself a solid shield of armor against evil. Praying the rosary every day will help you stay stronger and less susceptible to fall into sin. And remember, we all do sin. So if you do fall into sin, make sure you go to confession right away and tell your sins to a priest so that you can have your sins completely washed away by Jesus through the priest. Even if you haven't sinned recently, still, it's a great, great idea to go to confession sometime during Lent. You know, we went to get ashes on our foreheads on Ash Wednesday a few days ago, and that was to remind us that we are sinners. If you don't go to confession during Lent, then that really was kind of like a waste of time. So go to confession this Lent, all right? In addition to that, I also ask a favor that you pray for me and my family whenever you go to Mass or whenever you pray the Rosary or say your daily prayers. Again, I promise that I will always pray for you whether you send in a prayer request or not. We're going to talk about the source and summit of our faith next week, and that is the Holy Eucharist. Christopher, thanks again for joining me. You're welcome. And I hope you and everyone out there has a wonderful week. Thanks, you too. Until next week, God bless you and goodbye for now. All About My Catholic Faith 
is a 2CJ's production.